Hey, it's seven minutes after nine o'clock, and it's already Think Tank Thursday. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Dave Rowland has scored a major success. We'll give you the details in the final hour of the program. That'll be at 11.15. We're going to check in with Jim Babka, a Senate resolution that would send federal offenders back to prison three years after being released. Is this a good idea? How will this affect your safety? Uh, Will it make us safer? I don't know. We'll talk about that. Uh, Also talk about an episode of Grace Archie that I I made an appearance on. We will also be chatting with with the uh, Show Me Institute. Uh, We will uh, be chatting with Patrick Ishmael. He's the Director of Government Accountability over at Show Me. Confidential financial analysis conducted by Jackson County Executive, uh, the Jackson County Executive's office suggests how much that new ballpark for the for the Royals will cost. Oh my God! Wait till you hear it. Uh, it's your tax dollars. Do you really want to go there? But we kick the program off as we always do with the inimitable Kevin Jackson, uh, the Kevin Jackson Network. And, uh, Kevin, I'm going to start right out with uh, last night's debate. Did you watch these vice presidential candidates uh, vying for... uh, (laughs) What? What are you laughing at, Brian? Nothing. Nothing at all. Uh, They were just uh, looking to see who could be the next VP for uh, Donald Trump. I Uh, did not watch the vice presidential debate. Oh, my. Yeah, but I I got the sound bites from it. I got a synopsis because... And it's funny, Gary, there are times where I want to watch it because, you know, when I'm on Twitter or what's X now and I'm responding to the silliness of what the questions are and all that, I gain thousands of followers in like an hour uh, when I'm not shadow banned. And it's fun (laughs) to do it. But to be honest with you, I just don't see a reason to watch the Bush League people that aren't gaining one percentage point on Donald Trump for obvious reasons. I watched the summation where Vivek Ramaswamy said, here's what I want to do. I want to drain the swamp. I want to lessen our independence economically on China. He says, I don't want us fighting in any wars. And his last point was, uh, I can't remember his fourth point. Uh, oh, bring back the American spirit. And I thought, those, that's, that's Donald Trump's platform. You, you just laid out exactly what Trump did as president, and you want to distinguish yourself? Now, he's, uh, we already know he's not really running for president. He's running to get his, his Q, Q score up so he can be a more popular person, and that's fine. But uh, the way I look at the people who are running is I look at them as they're defectors from the real conservative movement in the Republican Party that should rightfully want Trump to serve his second term. And... I'm heartened by the idea that the best candidates for America are not in the race. There are people who said, you know what, I know the game that's being played to go against Trump. I mean, I don't know if you're watching this case in New York and Letitia James. I, there's a video floating around, I think, by the, RNC, by the uh, uh, MRC. And she says, I don't have any agenda against Trump. I've never campaigned against him. And then it's a, a supercut of her literally saying in multiple locations, we got to get this guy, we got to get him. So how you can bring a case to court when that's what you're, you ran on as a politician and what you ultimately told the people you wanted to do and think you're going to get away with it is just amazing to me. Well, 
Uh, what's going to happen is he's he's going to be um, fined a huge amount. He's going to um, have to endure the he's guilty nonsense uh, until the appeal. And at the appeal, it'll probably all get thrown out. But by yeah. then, the election will be over. And yeah, they will have- it, 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 the, the election's over now because Trump's going to win. And and, uh, what, and the other thing that Vivek said during the thing, when he summarized, he says, why don't you guys, Democrats, stop playing games and give us a real candidate? Because it's not going to be Joe Biden. And I believe I've heard that from somebody, Gary. Uh, he's a good-looking black guy lives in the Phoenix area. <laughs> They're not a good-looking black guy in all Actually, of Phoenix. He's a stunning-looking black guy with great <laughs> intellect. <laughs> I can't recall his name <laughs> right now, but I know, I know of him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brian, I think I know what's uh, happening. How you, you know how I feel, don't you? Oh, my God. <laughs> don't be jealous, fellas. Don't be jealous. <laughs> Just smile and wave. Just smile and wave. There you go. Uh, well, he really, by the way, he's from Ohio. I didn't know that Ramaswamy lived in Ohio. I wonder where. I wonder if. Wonder if he's from the Northeast? I, probably not, because in Cuyahoga County, there's only like two or three conservatives, and yeah, and then the entire county. <laughs> uh, but uh, he came out uh, swinging uh, with foreign policy. Uh, this, this I thought was uh, pretty nicely done. It has consolidated all media into one state TV media arm. That's not democratic. It has threatened not to hold elections this year unless the U.S. forks over more money. That is not democratic. It has celebrated a Nazi in its ranks, the comedian in cargo pants, a man called Zelensky, doing it in their own ranks. That is not democratic. More facts for you that you won't hear from the mainstream in either party or the mainstream media. The regions of Ukraine that are occupied by Russia right now in the Donbass, Luhansk, Donetsk, These are Russian-speaking regions that have not even been part of Ukraine since 2014, that other people probably couldn't name those provinces for you. Those are the hard facts. And so to frame this as some kind of battle between good versus evil, don't buy it. And I'd like the likes of the the sharpest of the war hawks on Ukraine, Nikki Haley, to have some accountability and answer. Do you want to use U.S. taxpayer money to fund the banning of Christians? That is actually what's happening. They're using the Ukrainian Orthodox Church. They have banned them. The Ukrainian parliament just did this last week, supported by our dollars. And I think you owe it to the American people, Nikki, to at least this one time. Mr. Ramaswamy, thank you. That's time. At least to condemn their banning of Christians. Mr. Ramaswamy, thank you. Mr. Ramaswamy, thank you. Yeah, he made he made great points, and he's exactly right. Nikki Haley uh, is a war hawk, and she's part of the establishment that wants to feed the military-industrial complexes. We don't need to be over there fighting. Uh, Putin, you know, it, it always cracks me up that every country has to have a leader, and we've decided that Putin is an evil guy. Now, some people would argue that Erdogan and uh, he's is, is is crooked over in in um, Turkey, and others. Are, I mean, some would argue that she is in China, but we've decided that Putin's going to be our guy because Trump got deposed. So we went from Trump being paired with Putin to now just Putin. But who, if Putin were gone and they needed a war, it would be somebody else. That's the game that gets played. And we get told that, you know, this is the bad guy. But he brought up things that I've been talking about. That Donbass region has never been Ukrainian. Never. Not since its inception. The Ukrainians have been waging an eight-year civil war, now nine years, inside of that their country. Because that group said, we're never going to. We're Russian. And, and Putin went to the U.N. twice 
to try to protect those citizens that believe they're Russians, and the U.N. completely ignored him. So for him to go in was probably, it was really provocation by Ukraine more than anything else. But he made valid points. And, and of course, Nikki Haley, I don't know if you've seen the polls, she now, uh, Gary, can beat Joe Biden by the largest margin of any of our, our competitors. I mean, she's now the new golden child. It's no longer let's bring in Youngkin because he got his butt kicked in Ohio or uh, obviously Virginia. DeSantis is on the outs. So who's going to dethrone the great white hope, Donald Trump? We have, uh, by the way, with regard to our foreign, uh, foreign policy, I had Perry Willis on the program after the first Republican debate. Uh, when I listened uh, as, as they all talked about going to war and g getting involved in Ukraine, and, and it, was, it was so frustrating uh, that I brought Perry Willis on to talk about our foreign policy. We're going to re-air that uh, segment on tomorrow's program since, you know, we're going to honor veterans and uh, we ought to talk about where we've sent them and why. But you can also get it uh, from the Zero Aggression uh, uh, Project or uh, Grace Arkey with Jim Babka. They're airing it as well. But when you hear this and you hear the history of our war uh, and why we went to war and what the results were, you'll be flabbergasted. And it's not just we think we have, you know, we talk about proof. You know, we're worried about uh, North Korea. We created North Korea. Teddy Roosevelt invited the Japanese to take over Korea. And then when World War II happened, we, literally that is how it unfolded. We created this division between North and South Korea. We've done it over and over and over again. All the details will air it tomorrow, but you can also go to uh, um, the um, Grace Arkey uh, and, and, uh, and hear that interview. Kevin Jackson is with us now, and uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to talk about Virginia and abortion and what role that played next on The Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 21 minutes after 9 o'clock, and uh, pleased to tell you that Kevin Jackson is with us, the Kevin Jackson Network. Uh, coming up, Jim Babka, Senate resolution would send federal offenders back to prison for three years after being released to home confinement. Will this make you safer or or, or not? Uh, we'll find out how this affects you when we talk with Jim in the next segment. But right now, uh, Kevin is with us. And Kevin, in uh, every state where the Democrats have pushed uh, to uh, legalize abortion... No matter how extreme, they've succeeded. What should the Republicans do? Republicans are right on the issue. They just have to stop being sanctimonious and dogmatic and understand that when it comes to your personal health in any way, shape, or form, it's your decision. And you may not like it. Uh, but it is. And I'm not telling you that we need to give up on fighting f for life. There's no question we shouldn't. But what we also have to do is recognize that you can't just tell somebody do this. And this is the one point where Nikki Haley has enough wiggle room that she's made some some progress. But uh, and I, I think I told you this, we were going to run this project called Baby LeBron, where we put this uh, you know, pregnant black girl, and you could see in her belly it had LeBron James dunking a basketball, and we just put on a billboard, would you kill this baby? 
And then when you went to, you know, SaveBabyLeBron.com or whatever we went to, it would give you all kinds of statistics and things that you, food for thought, but not being overly overbearing, sanctimonious, like, don't kill your kid, you know, you're the devil and the Bible's going to send you to hell. Get rid of all that. Just ask people questions and let them make up their own minds. If we just softened our stance on that a little bit, we would take this completely off the table. And I'll even go further. When I raised this to 300 of Arizona's finest, some people came up to me and said, that's brilliant. And other people said, we just need to leave abortion alone. And I said to everyone that said that, you keep leaving it alone, and they're going to demagogue it, and you're going to lose elections over an issue that most people really don't even care that much about because it doesn't impact. I don't know what percentage of people abortion impacts, but it's not significant in the sense of how – let me put it this way. Half of the people in this country really don't have to deal with abortion, at least the outcome of it. That's guys. Another group of people, women who would never get an abortion, they're never going to deal with it either. So it's only a small fringe of people that we're, that we're catering to when we have this discussion. And we do it in such a way that it impacts everybody because at the end of the day, if somebody says to me, Kevin, you're too skinny, you're too fat, don't eat this, 16-ounce Cokes, I go, who are you to tell me what to do? That's what it boils down to. Well, one of the problems they have, uh, and, and you're right, they, they've got to embrace a position and stand by it. Uh, they've got to equal the left in terms of advertising dollars. Uh, friends of mine in Ohio and family members there that I've spoken with, as well as people in uh, uh, northern Virginia, Washington, D.C., friends of mine said that the ads were virtually nonstop. The other side... Uh, I believe it. But, but it's not just running ads, because I think Marjorie Taylor Greene talked about, you know, we run all these tearing baby apart ads and things like that. We need to run ads that recognize it's not our, we're not trying to do, be dogmatic and telling you what to do. But what we are going to do is we're going to do things that make you think. If you're a young lady thinking about having a baby and you, I, I can make you take pause by just a question that I ask you, like, what if that baby was, uh, you know, the next Stephen Curry or Lady Gaga or Jennifer Lopez or whatever suits your imagination, Megan Rapinoe, whoever you are, and make you think for a second, have, have I not done my job? If, if I can get late night comedians talking about it, like, yeah, kill him, I'm a Michael Jordan fan. If I can get cross-pollinization of our subject matter to where people go, look, these people aren't bad. They're just asking a question. They're not trying to, you know, we're not trying to stop you from doing whatever you choose to do because we can't. We, I, you can't stop somebody from running in front of a car, jumping off a bridge. So I can't stop you. But I can at least make you take pause. And, and that's, all, that's the only stance we should take. We'd be fine on this issue. It would disappear. It would, it would leave the, the, you know, from the arsenal of the left to bring it up every single time. And we could focus on real issues like inflation and your, your protection, the crime rate that's going up in this country and the inability to protect us nationally, internationally, and so on and so forth. Those are the big issues. What are the price of you to live these days? And are you living better? Ask that question of the average person versus, Kevin, what do you think about abortion or are you upset that your gas is at five bucks a gallon? You know, I'm more upset that I'm paying crazy money for, for groceries and all that because, trust me, abortion is nowhere being discussed in my family. Well, I think that the Republicans need to state their position. They need to 
um, move slowly in the direction that they want. And I think they have to have enough money to make that position known. We have enough money. We throw money at crap. We throw money. Well, I that's mean, my I, point is that they're not throwing enough money at that message. I completely agree, Gary. This project I was talking about, I told everybody when I laid it out, it'll cost 70000 to launch, but it'll generate about $5 million minimum of air, uh, of what we call earned media, because it'll be talked about. Three billboards, one in L.A., one in Chicago, one in New York. Would you kill this baby? And it's baby LeBron inside of a, of a belly. And it would, it would be the talk of black radio stations all over the country. It would be in the news. CNN would be covering it. Everybody. That's, and it would just be a discussion. And I'd be on TV saying, well, I, I, I'm not telling you to or not to, you know, unless you're a Michael Jordan fan or maybe you're a Kobe fan. You know, who knows? I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I can't ask you the question. There's nothing wrong with asking the question. That conversation, cross-pollination, is worth millions and would, and would definitely go a long way to say the conservative movement isn't trying to tell you what to do. They're just asking you, would you reconsider? And that approach is not, again, it's not forcing. It's, you know, making somebody make a commitment. It's asking a question because we're not going to stop abortion. It, it would be like the Democrats go, we're going to get rid of racism in America. No, you're not. Because there's still idiots like you out there that hate white people, you hate black conservatives, and you hate, you know, whatever. So you're never going to get rid of uh, racism. But what we can do is make people think. And that's what our role should be. But 70 grand is all it takes to launch this project and probably another quarter million to keep it going for months. But that's it. It's, that's a rounding error for the RNC in any election cycle, and we don't do it. But guess what? We don't do it on border issues. We don't do it on education. We don't do it in anything. We don't fight back in clever ways. It isn't just about fighting back. It's fighting back in clever ways. And that's why I don't pay attention to the, to the Republicans. I, we go our own way. And whenever we get the funding, we go at it. I mean, I'm telling you, we make a dent because we know how to market and sell conservatism. It's an easy sell, by the way. If you just turned the radio on, Kevin Jackson with us, almost out of time. I got comments coming in. They probably want to talk to me, Kevin, so if, if you don't mind. You handle it, buddy. Okay, uh, great. Uh, whoop, wait a minute. We, we, I, I think I hit the button twice, Brian. <laughs> oh, good. There we go. up on his people. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Mike, <laughs> what can I do for you? Well, that's my view on abortion. We should just quit fighting it. And... Uh, kind of go with the idea we're getting rid of Democrats. I know that part. <laughs> That's an interesting take on it, isn't it? All right. All right. Thank you, Mike. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Brian, what do I have? A minute left? Maybe? All right. Uh, we'll try to uh, try to get in a couple more comments here in that last final minute. Let me, uh, let me see what uh, Keith is saying. Love me some Think Tank Thursday and KJ and the other contributors. All right, well, all right, let me get Gary on here very quickly. Yeah, here we go. Wait a second. There we go. Now I got him. Gary, good morning. Randy Jackson is so beautiful today. The other thing the Republicans, <laughs> they need to do, they need to do is say, the Republicans aren't going to take your welfare away. By breaking the nation, it'll be the Democrats taking your welfare away. That's a good point. It is. In the long run, that's exactly what's going to I got relegated happen. from Kevin to Randy. I'm, I'm <laughs> on the lower Jackson 5. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, Randy, thanks for being with us. <laughs> All right, George. <laughs> Take care. Take care. Jim Babka is coming up next. Uh, putting prisoners back in jail. Good idea or this bad? This is the Gary Nolan Show. It is 9.35, and Jim Babka is with us on uh, the Gary Nolan Show on a Think Tank Thursday. Hey, you're down in Dallas, aren't you? I am down in Dallas. I keep seeing these Facebook posts of uh, all kinds of uh, places you've been. Yes. And uh, yes. I'm finding it fascinating. <laughs> well, I hope to have some more to say about it in the future. I'm sure you will. <laughs> I am sure you will. All right. Uh, first, uh, and we're going to play this tomorrow, but uh, if you want to hear it now, uh, you can go to Grace Archie or just look up Jim Babka on your favorite platform. Episode 72, four questions you should ask about military intervention. Uh, Jim Babka uh, playing an interview that we did uh, dealing with our foreign involvement. And it... it it just it comes into play because the Republicans keep talking about going to war. They want to bomb Iran. They want to fund uh, Israel's war. They they want to fund uh, uh, the Putin, uh, not Putin, but uh, Ukraine. Uh, we've been doing this since the 1800s, at least. So you're going to air the interview with Perry Willis tomorrow yourself. Well, yeah, on our show, but you have... No, no, and, and, and that's good, that's good. So, uh, you know, his articles are featured at wartruth.org. The original interview you did with him was on August 28th, and that means October 7th hadn't happened yet. That's how the math works. And October 7th is, of course, when uh, Hamas uh, invaded uh, Israel. And that has set off a whole firestorm. We have a Republican ca candidate... Uh, you know, uh, you know, a contender for second place that uh, is arguing that Israel is the United States and that we should wipe Iran off the map, which automatically, if I didn't know anything else about Nikki Haley, would disqualify her, would need to know a single other thing to know she's not a mature. She's uh, she's reckless. Um, she is bought or paid for, perhaps even, uh, by an establishment that wants to use military hardware and equipment and expand the military industrial complex. That's, she's just, that's just who she is. So she's, you know, I think she's kind of a scary figure in that sense. I think Vivek um, Ramaswamy was pointing that out yesterday. And now that I know he's from Ohio and I'm listening to you, I wonder, is it like he is your neighbor or what? I mean, it's, it's No, I think he's from Columbus. Yeah. We've never actually crossed paths. I think he's from Columbus. We have, uh, and I'm up closer towards Cleveland, I'm in Akron. Um, and I, 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 I encourage people to listen to the episode either tomorrow with you, or if they don't, you know, they can't get to it there. We are, it's on Grace Arkey on uh, all kinds of platforms today. Uh, it's, it's, you spent a whole hour, which is not something you usually do with any guest, um, me included, <laughs> to, uh, to go through stuff. And and uh, be, and you guys got through a lot. You covered an awful lot of ground on the history of U.S. interventions from 1812 to the to Ukraine. Yeah, and it was fascinating, uh, and it was a history that you don't get from history books. And it was, and he had it all. He has the documents. He's got letters from uh, 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 Teddy Roosevelt and and other. I mean, it, it really was well researched, and it's a scary history of how we've been lied to. Um, yeah, so essentially what he did was he condensed a series of articles that he's written, which themselves are a condensed of a library of books. 
Um, he's really put the cookies on the lower shelf, so to speak. Like if you want to, you know, get way up the, the, the learning curve rather rapidly, you can't do any better than go through Perry Willis's material, which we make available at wartruth.org. That's wartruth.org. But, uh, you know, for people that just want to get the quick, uh, you know, listen while they work or drive, uh, they can do that uh, tomorrow with you or on Grace Arkey, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Yeah, pretty much anywhere, anytime on Grace Arkey. Uh, and, and you don't have to look up Grace Arkey. You can just look up Jim Babka on your favorite platform and it'll it'll pop. Senate resolution would send federal offenders back to prison three years after being released to home confinement. The Bureau of Prisons released more than 12,000 people on home confinement during the pandemic. Three years later, Republicans want to overturn a Justice Department rule allowing those still serving sentences to stay home. Does this make us safer or less safe, Jim? Well, it, it, uh, it doesn't make us any safer that we would put these people back in prison. And this is a Republican-led move. Uh, there's 23 Republicans involved in the U.S. Senate. And I have something very direct and blunt to say about this. And that is that this is entirely politics. And the conservatives like to think of themselves as being smart and astute. And uh, they, they observe the world very carefully. They're not like, you know, let, let around the nose like, like Democrats and liberals. They're not tribal in nature. They think things through. They're very rational. And here is an illustration of where they absolutely are not. They're a little bit worse in this case than your typical liberal and progressive because this program, and this is amazing, has had absolutely no problems. Not a single, single incident. Not even a Willie Horton to eke out of the mess. Nothing. Uh, there's a few thousand people in it. And uh, some of them still have some time left on their sentence. And uh, some of them have found ways to get out, have, have begun reintegrating into society. They've been able to get job training or they've even been able to start uh, apprenticing part-time at various jobs, getting into uh, back into normal life because they're under house arrest. So they have to make sure that they're home during certain hours and reporting in constantly. And uh, not, not a single issue. They're doing better than typical release. And, and uh, but the Republican Party knows that they can prick the fears uh, on crime and that they have a clear advantage politically on this issue. And so this is symbolism. This is, has nothing to do with policy, truth, the objective pursuit of fact and knowledge. This has everything to do with tickling the, the fear uh, bone in the conservative body. And that bone is really big and real. And they're going to try to, you know, lead you into saying, we've got to get these people in prison uh, to protect you, to keep the streets safe, because we're the Republican Party and that's what we do. And are that's these, the entire these, reason for it. Are these violent criminals? No, no. Uh, the, these, there's 3,000 of them. And uh, these are criminals that, uh, that were deemed in the first place uh, releasable. Uh, for home arrest because they were not a threat to society. They had committed some other offense that had made them, uh, that had gotten them a, a jail sentence or a prison sentence, many of them drug-related, but they had not actually, uh, they, they were not deemed to be a threat to the outside world in the first place. And so far, that's been completely true. How much does it cost us 
to, I mean, are we saving tax dollars by leaving yeah, them one of the One at? of the prisoners that is out who actually has been through uh, job training and has, uh, has a part-time job now as a result of it that will turn into a full-time job when he leaves, uh, says that, the, that they were spending $47,000 a year to imprison him. Right now they're not spending any because he is living in a family home. He had family to return to, so it's costing the state nothing. 47000 versus nothing. So, you know, one of the things, I, I don't believe conservatism is an ideology, is a philosophy. I don't believe that there's any principles to it. Because one of the things that we hear repeatedly is like, well, we're for small government. We want to reduce the size and expense of government. Here's a way that you could reduce it by 47000 per prisoner. Are they doing that? No, because the fear bone's been tickled. And that's what it really is. It's a fear of change. It's a fear of uncertainty. It's a fear of the future. And here they're allowing themselves once again to be led around by a political party that is opportunistic enough to say, you know what, we can probably keep them in a little bit more loyal. We can raise a little bit more money if we show them how tough we are in crime. We're going to take these completely non-dangerous people that we know exactly where they're at, and we're going to say we're going to bring them back into prison just to show you how tough we are. It's, um, it's frightening how easily manipulated we can be. There is... Um a piece of uh, of, of legislation, uh, it's part of the uh, 2021 Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, which was huge. I mean, we count the pages by the thousand. Um, and in that bill is a requirement to put a kill switch in everybody's car. They had a vote on this yesterday. I will give you the details on this. In just a couple of minutes, Jim Babka's commentary coming as well. This will affect you if you buy a new car in just a few years. And it could be, I think, deadly. Gary Nolan Zimmer, Radio Network. It's uh, 10 minutes to 10, and uh, the Show Me Institute is going to be with us. How much of your tax dollars uh, are going to be spent to build a new stadium in Kansas City? We'll, we'll cover that ground uh, in, at about uh, 5 after 10. In the meantime, Jim Babka is with us. Uh, and uh, we're, he, I don't think he's uh, aware of this, but we're going to chat about this. And it is a part of the 2021 Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, 1,049 pages long. Uh, so the first thought that comes to mind is <laughs> read the bills. Uh, they'd still be reading that bad boy. But, oh, we don't. The Republicans didn't pass that, did they? Well, they didn't. No, or the write the laws, or the one subject at a time. No, the party no. of smaller government didn't didn't pass any of that. Nope. And and they and it, there was a point where we had a, a Republican House, Senate, and, and and president, and it still didn't happen. I don't know why. I'm, I'm confused. Anyway, <laughs> buried in this bill is a kill switch law. So let me explain how this is supposed to work. They Ostensibly, what they want to do is prevent drunk driving. And they have to come up with a way within three years to make sure that you're, you know, sober and in control of the car. And if you're not, they want to disable the car. Now, we don't know how that's going to work. They could put cameras inside the car. Uh, they could do some kind of a breathalyzer. There are problems with all of these ideas. Um, if, if, if you've got a breathalyzer inside the car, uh, what if you've got a passenger that's been drinking? 
and the car gets disabled. Uh, what if you're driving down the street and the car uh, thinks that you're not handling the car well, that you're somehow not in control, weaving too much? Does it shut the car off? What if you're on the highway and it does that? Uh, what if you have to pull off to the side of the road because it's shut off? When do they turn it back on again? Uh, and there are all kinds of problems with the idea of a kill switch that is being controlled either by some you know uh, software in the car or somebody monitoring it. I've got a car that if I'm driving for a while, mm-hmm. it, the dashboard comes up and says, uh, stop for coffee. Uh, you need to rest. You've been driving too long. I don't know how it decides this, but, you know, it's... it's watching it, your eyes. It's watching well, your, your eye movement. But it shouldn't be. Um, I mean, I've, this I've is disabled equipment it. in all the cars now, and, and they also know when you change lanes. Now, I, it's easy to turn off that feature in my car, but if I don't use the turn signal, it'll signal me on that, and it signals me about cars that are in front of me, which, you know, some of these features might actually be somewhat beneficial at times, but I have to tell you, sometimes they're just flat-out distracting, too. I, my car on that, that so if somebody's making a right-hand turn in front of me, and I can clearly make my way around them, and I've slowed way down, and I'm nowhere near them. If I'm not, if my foot isn't on the brake uh, before they have 100% cleared the street, I mean, they're completely out of my way. Uh, my alarms will go off and tell me I'm about to hit them when there's not even a remote chance of that. I've already accounted for that and I'm moving around them. Um, so I don't think these features work particularly well. It's one of the reasons I don't think AI can really take over the world. I think it can, I think it can be helpful, but I don't think it can take over the world because it just doesn't have enough imagination for these scenarios. And it's, everything isn't just a math uh, decision. So, uh, yeah, it's it's going to start to tell you you're tired or whatnot, and they'll expand their mandate. This drives up the price of your car, right? They keep putting mandates on cars. You notice this? They keep adding things yeah. to cars that you wouldn't buy under normal circumstances. You're pretty much interested in the color and the comfort of the vehicle, and they're like, no, we're going to put this safety device in there. No, we're going to put this emissions device in there. No, we're going to put this uh, law enforcement device in there. And you pay for all of it. Well, there is a Republican who tried to get that segment of the law defunded. And, of course, just about every Democrat voted against it. But surprisingly, 19 Republicans voted against defunding the requirement that auto manufacturers put in a kill switch in your new car. 19 Republicans. This is the party of smaller government, limited government, more freedom, lower taxes, blah, blah, blah. And they managed to kill the, the uh, elimination of the funding for this law. And nobody okay. knows. Huh? No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Nobody knows. Nobody knows exactly how they intend to do this. I mean, do you want cameras inside your car and somebody monitoring it? Uh, she, you know, how I much? want to get turned off in the middle of the freeway. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, they what have to do this, Gary. Why, Brian? Well, because, because you're too stupid. You're driving down the street with your kids in the car. You're headed to the hospital. You're driving quickly, ergo a bit erratic. Do they shut your car off? And when do they turn it back on? Does somebody have to come out and reset it? We don't know how they're going to do this. Somebody just threw this in the bill and they voted for it. And Well, that's the public- already. They just made the world a better place. They care. 
they care. They're doing the right thing, and they're they're giving, they're empowering these companies to fix the problem. They're coming up with solutions. But you wouldn't expect twenty Republicans, including uh, one. Well, I'm, I'm surprised it's that low. I'm surprised it's that low. Are you really? If there's anything that could be said of the Republican Party is that they believe they have tremendous faith in government, as long as they're the ones running it. They love the government. Oh, they love it. Well, from your state of Ohio, uh, Congressman Kerry is a Republican who voted uh, to uh, to keep this uh, piece of legislation intact. Yeah. I'm uh, amazed it's that small a number. I really am. I don't see any. I went through the entire list, and I don't see any Republicans from the state of Missouri who voted uh, uh, in the in the wrong way, who voted to keep this uh, piece of legislation. But there are tons of them from Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Florida, Iowa, Texas, uh, South Carolina, California, Tennessee. There are tons of 19 of them. It's, it's not without reason that we have the saying and we understand what it means in every other circumstance that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. This is an advice to be humble, to mind your own business, to not judge lest you be judged. That's what's there. That's what the wisdom is. And the government is an acts as is a constant 24 seven example of violating that. And you know how so, this, you know how this sort of thing expands. They, they get yes. this mandate and then it expands. Well, suppose they decide you've put too much CO2 in the air. You've driven too many miles. Yeah, someday. Yeah. They'll yeah, be definitely. able to 100%. shut your car off. Yeah. 100%. How long 100%. do you have to sit on the side of the road? What if it's 18 below zero and you're in North Dakota and they make this decision to shut your car off? How long do you have to sit on the side of the road in the freezing cold before it resets? Or you're in a diff you're in a neighborhood maybe that you don't want to stop in. You would yeah. never stopped in. You were just driving through. Yeah, they don't yeah. know what kind of technology will be used. And they didn't. By the way, they didn't know. They didn't know when they locked everybody in what their individual circumstances were either. And this is the issue I raised at the time: is you can't a one size fits all solution fits no one. <sighs> just another reason to be disappointed. By the way, uh, in, in some good news, it turns out that libertarians had a pretty good night uh, during the election. Uh, there are eight other uh, libertarian uh, mayors, and apparently the Libertarian Party scored its biggest ever mayoral election on Tuesday when Lily Wu was elected the mayor of Wichita, Kansas. Who knows? Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. no, no, it's fantastic. Uh, I know one of the mayoral elections, it was actually a re-election, happened here in Ohio uh, for a small small town here in Ohio. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Anthony Kuyper uh, from uh, South Montboro, Pennsylvania. Uh, from Plymouth, Ohio, you got uh, Cassandra Fryman. Fryman, we're, yep. We're catching on. Jim, thank you for being with us. Coming up in the next segment, the Show Me Institute. How much money to build that stadium in Kansas? And how much will it cost you? Next. This is The Gary Nolan Show.